Well, the Women's College World Series set to get underway Thursday of this week. And of the eight teams in the field, two out of the Big 12 and both, of course, in the state of Oklahoma. The Sooners and the Cowgirls are in the Women's College World Series this year. By the way, uh, they're both there again for a second straight year. How about that? I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. We now welcome on and say hi to Brian Clinton. Um, if you read our site, uh, Brian is not just our go-to guy on softball, but to me, one of the best in the business of covering this sport. And we are thrilled to have him here on the show. Of course, he does his own podcast called The Portal Podcast as well. So take a listen to that. Um, it's not just about softball. It's really just about whatever's happening in the transfer portal, recruiting. That's also his bread and butter. So find that wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, let's start off with this. Um, Oklahoma, obviously the team to beat, uh, but make. let's start off with you having to make the case against Oklahoma winning the Women's College World Series this year. Well, if, it, if you're going to look at Oklahoma and where they've struggled, um, it's it, there's not very many things, but if you look at the list here, um, the first thing that sticks out is Alex Tarocco, uh one of Oklahoma's three-headed monsters there in the pitching uh staff struggled last week and she struggled in regionals as well and so uh that's something to look at um but but you clearly still have Jordy Ball and and uh and Nicole May there in the circle but if I look at the field um there are certainly teams out here that can uh take take down Oklahoma uh Tennessee being the first that I look at they just they've looked like they're playing on a different level uh, here over the last couple of weeks we saw them dominate a good Texas team and that that's not something that needs to be overlooked Texas uh, clearly has enough talent to be uh, the number two team here in the Big 12 this year and Tennessee just kind of had their way with them so um, that's a team that I'm looking for and then obviously Oklahoma State with the way that they've played through tournament through the tournament so far uh, this looks a lot more like the team that held that number two ranking for most of the year so uh, there are certainly other teams out here that can that can push Oklahoma and it's not a foregone conclusion that Oklahoma walks out of Oklahoma City with a third straight title. Now, how about Oklahoma State and the fact that, you know, this team was really struggling. You talked about it on this show. You wrote about it. This team really struggled uh, down the stretch of the regular season. But they have been on a roll. Um, they swept through their Super Regionals last week. So what has changed for Kenny Gajewski and, and this Cowgirls team as they get set for another trip in the Women's College World Series? Well, after that disappointing early exit against Kansas in the Big 12 tournament, um, Kenny Gajewski talked about his team kind of recentering themselves. And, and uh, they, all, they take an annual trip down to Broken Bow after the season's over um, and, and give themselves kind of a time to, to uh, get, just spend time with teammates and, and kind of just reflect on what happened. And I think that just did, did wonders for this team because as we looked at what they did in Stillwater through the regionals and super regionals, they looked a lot more like the team that we got used to seeing this year. Uh, and it all starts with the bats. The bats have been hot again. They've kind of they've woken back up. They've outscored opponents 37-3 to to this point through the tournament. Um, and they've looked really, really comfortable at the plate. But the other thing that, that's really emerged for them is the fact that Lexi Kilfoyle has, has shown that she's able to come in and start games, uh, and, and all that pressure doesn't just rest on Kelly Maxwell. Kilfoyle was fantastic against Oregon in game two or in game one, and that allowed for Maxwell to sit rest and come in game two uh, without any pressure, and she was two hits away from a 
from a perfect game there against Oregon to, to close out the Super Regional. So uh, they've had strong play in the in the pitching staff uh, for you know most of the season, but with the addition of a good offense coming back around, uh, they really look strong heading into the Women's College World Series. Brian, you know, a lot of obviously Big 12 uh, fans are who listen to this show, but when you look at the rest of the field, Tennessee, Florida State, Stanford, Washington, Utah, Alabama, um, when all is said and done, I mean, which one of these teams or, or two of these teams, give us a couple, that you think uh, fans should be watching for who can make a deep run in this tournament? I look at Florida State and Tennessee um, out of out of the other teams in the in the in the tournament, it's it's Florida State and Tennessee. Florida State obviously is somebody that the Big Twelve fans are familiar with. Uh, we saw Oklahoma State beat them in a best uh, two out of three earlier in the season, and Oklahoma obviously uh, took one from them in a uh, in a single off game. Uh, but Florida State is a team that that's played really well, and it's all about Catherine Sandercock there. She she leads that team um, and is, is just fantastic in the circle. Uh, she's one of the best pitchers in the country. She's an NFCA um, All-American selection yesterday. So uh, that, that, that's a team to watch for. And then obviously with Tennessee, I think if there's a team right now that could stand on the field with Oklahoma as far as talent goes, it would have to be the Lady Balls. Um, Tennessee's just got uh, immense talent in the circle led by Ashley Rogers. Uh, she's got an ERA under under 100, and then you look at what Kiki Malloy has done, uh, leading the country in home runs, and she's batting over 400 as well. Uh, and Lou Donahue, who transferred into Oklahoma or from Oklahoma last year, uh, they've just got players all over the field that have been playing really well, and and uh, I, I like both of those teams to give Oklahoma and Oklahoma State a run. Um, I think those are the best four teams in the tournament right now, being Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Florida State, and Tennessee. Brian, you know, the storylines going into this Women's College World Series, I mean, it's, to me, the biggest question which we started the conversation with is who can beat Oklahoma, but what else? I mean, for fans settling in and what is the fastest growing college sport watching the Women's College World Series this weekend, what are the storylines, the, the, the top things that you're watching going into this tournament starting this week? Well, the first thing is I want to give Oklahoma State some credit here because while Oklahoma has been the dynasty that everybody kind of pays attention to, I think that the Oklahoma State kind of gets lost in their shadows some, and I don't think that that's fair. I mean, Kenny Gajewski's led this team to four straight Women's College World Series. And if you look, there's not very many teams in history that have done that. They join Arizona, Arizona State, Florida, Oklahoma, and UCLA as the only teams to ever do that in history. So for Oklahoma State to be here for a fourth time in a row – that's special, and that's something that needs to be paid attention to, and I, I think they deserve their flowers for that. Um, but the other thing that I'm going to be watching for is this is the first time since 2011 that the softball player of the year will not be uh, in the Women's College World Series. We saw Valerie Cagle uh, win that award, and Skylar Wallace and Maya Brady were both uh, finalists for that as well. But when you look around, there's not really a definitive best player in Oklahoma City right now. I spoke about Kiki Malloy earlier uh, for, for Tennessee, but Washington's Bailey Klinger is also somebody to watch. She struck out just five times at 178 at-bats this season, which is just incredible. Um, she's incredibly hard to get out um, get out and not put her on base. Uh, you combine that with 57 career home runs, and that's just she's special. 
Uh, Oklahoma State's Rachel Becker is another team or another name to watch. Uh, she's batting uh, almost 450, uh, and then she's second in the in the remaining players and on base percentage behind Kiki Malloy. Uh, and she's somebody that kind of keeps Oklahoma State's bats going. Um, and then obviously Oklahoma's got Jada Coleman um, and Jordy Ball to look for. And you've got Kelly Maxwell and Montana Fouts. There's just names up and down this list of players that are, are just true difference makers for their teams and reasons why they're in Oklahoma City. Uh, and there's a lot of star power. So if you're a softball fan, uh, don't miss a game because there are absolute stars all over this field. And, and it should be a really, really fun tournament to watch. How about just the sport at large, Brian? As I noted, the fastest growing sport is um, softball at the college level. Uh, why do you, you know, we've touched on this a little bit, but as we get set for the biggest stage in the sport coming up this weekend, what is it about the sport, you know, for those listening right now that maybe are like fans of the show, but not really big softball fans, what's your pitch? Get them to turn on the TV this weekend and, and watch some of the action. So the reason why softball is, is so popular is the pace of play. And we hear about the issues with college baseball. Uh, we see the pitch clock in in, uh, in the MLB this year and kind of what it's doing to the sport. And it's helped a little bit. But, but the pace of play uh, for softball is the reason to tune in. They, it's fun. It's fast. Uh, the distance between uh, home plate and first base is only 60 feet. You're not, it, it's not nearly as big of an infield. So that means a lot more close plays at first. And we have a lot of things that happen in softball that just it, it takes an incredible amount of athleticism, and to see it at the highest level uh, in Oklahoma City is just awesome. The the pure, uh, the innocence of the game. It, it's just it's totally different than any other sport because you have these stars, but it's not necessarily uh, an all about me uh, culture with softball. There's a there's a true team aspect to softball that's just different from other sports. And if that's something that you like, which I think most sports fans do, um, this is the sport for you. Uh, there's a lot of fun things going on in Oklahoma City uh, on and off the field for these girls, and, and it's just something you definitely need to tune in for. Uh, if you like fast action in your sports, if you like uh, teammate aspects, this is the sport for you. You know, Oklahoma City is and has become the hub, and the state has become the hub for softball as a sport at large. Now, with OU leaving the Big 12 next year, I mean, Oklahoma State will probably carry that mantle of the, as the top-tier team in this conference. I imagine all the action's going to stay there. So what does it mean for the Big 12 moving forward, knowing OU is eventually leaving? Um, it's not to just knock them, but it's a reality. They're leaving, so Oklahoma State probably takes that mantle, which isn't the worst thing since they're still in that state where softball really has become incredibly popular, right? Right. Well, and I think the the fun part about that is, uh, you know, we, we see the the rivalry going away in football between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but I think that this uh, this move for Oklahoma after next season is going to make this rivalry even more fun because at the end of the day, um, with both of these teams making the Women's College World Series practically every year, I think you're going to have those matchups still continue to happen. And whenever you have a team carrying the torch for the Big 12 in Oklahoma State and assuming, assuming Oklahoma continues to carry the torch in their new conference in the SEC, 
that matchup is just going to be huge. And, and I see no reason why networks wouldn't try to make it uh, make it happen every year if they get the chance, because it's just the, the, the fan turnout in Oklahoma City will be terrific, as it is when both of those teams are on the field. And uh, I, I think when Oklahoma moves into their new conference and Oklahoma State takes over as the, quote, queen of the Big 12 in softball, I think it's just going to elevate that rivalry and take it to a new level. Well, that's uh, all excellent points. Brian Clinton, um, of course, our lead softball writer at Heartland College Sports. He hosts his own podcast, The Portal Podcast. Uh, Just search that wherever you get your podcasts, uh, whether it's The Portal Podcast or just search Heartland College Sports, and you can find all of our team-specific podcasts there as well. Brian, enjoy the games this week. Looking forward to the coverage, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Pete. Thank you. There you go. Brian Clinton, good to have him on the show here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Always good to be here with you. Hey, before you leave, hit that five-star rating and review. I know I always ask you, but it does make a difference. If it didn't make a difference, I would not waste my breath asking you. So it's a great way to help this show grow. That's why we're also giving you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave a five-star rating and review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you. Enjoy the softball, and we'll be talking to you soon.